Welcome to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum Podcast, where we speak to members and ask them to share some property industry insights and at the same time, get to know our industry colleagues a little better. My guests today are Paul Melville and Bevan Geisman. Paul is the Joint Managing Director of LAST. He graduated in 1982 from the Queensland Institute of Technology with a degree in law. Paul owned his own legal firm for approximately 20 years and then left the law in 2001 to jointly establish Halcyon, which created and managed over 50s communities in South East Queensland. Bevan is also a Joint Managing Director of LAST. After working as a GP, a chance meeting at a barbecue led to a conversation with Paul about the need to disrupt the retirement living business model. After launching the first housing community in 2004, that model moved from strength to strength. Halcyon was sold to Stockland in 2021. Thanks so much for joining us on the Development Drum, Paul and Bevan. Now, Bevan and Paul, the Halcyon story started with a chance meeting at a barbecue in the late 90s. Now, that almost sounds like the setup to a joke, doesn't it? A, a lawyer <laughs> and a GP walk into a barbecue and get talking. But nonetheless, and what it ended with was a, a really successful transaction with Stockland in, in 2021. What prompted you both initially to identify housing for seniors as a potential business opportunity? Uh, we were both in professions that dealt with seniors and mm-hmm. elderly. I'm very much at the coalface of that. Myself as a GP, saw a lot of people ageing, some ageing well, some not so well, and house visits, that sort of stuff. You saw the way they lived. And I guess we thought there could be a better way of, of doing it. Paul, with his legal background, a bit of property stuff, put the two together and we thought, oh, well, let's try and do something better. Because what you produced in terms of product just wasn't being done at the time, certainly in Queensland. No, well, it wasn't actually being done anywhere in Australia. Yeah, okay. And that's a bold statement to make when one of the big operators visited from the United States many years later. They hadn't seen anything similar there either. So mm. we looked at, at the very beginning, we had an interest, albeit minor, in a retirement village. Yes. And I did a bit of work as a lawyer in the caravan park, mobile home park yep. industry. And we thought that the the lifestyle and product that we thought the market were looking for wasn't being produced or delivered. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to, I guess, have some partners that were willing to let us pursue a, a theme or a dream that was, was very different to what was being done elsewhere. At what point did you think, hang on a minute, we might be on to a winner here? Well, I think when we did our first project up the coast at uh, Caloundra House in Parks, it was fortunate times yes. in terms of the market. We saw the acceptance of this sort of new level of product uh, and I think we sort of got the impression that we're doing something different, we're ahead of the pack and, and people wanted it. Yeah. And we spent an awful lot of time, as we called it, belly to belly, yes. talking to the customers, listening to the customers and fundamentally thinking, well, we were probably stupid enough to think that we could do what people wanted. Yes. Uh, it was as simple as that. Yeah. And, uh, Guess then we thought, well, how far can we take this? Yes. How far can we innovate it? How far can we push the envelope? And how far will the make the market take that? It must have been difficult in terms of you obviously had a vision for what you wanted to be able to produce, and I imagine that started with the end user, and then you worked back from there. It must have been different though to navigate the regulatory environment too, in order to be able to achieve the outcome that you were seeking, particularly early. Yeah, I think. Um one of the advantages we had was no one really understood it. Yes. 
It was a very immature industry. So that, in, in a way, worked in our favour. Um, the local authorities and state government saw what we were doing and, and really couldn't really get their head around it to some extent. Mm. Uh, but the end product was something people wanted. So yes. really the regulatory, you know, there's been several reviews of the legislation since mm. and it's become a lot more mainstream. Mm. But in the early days, uh, if you actually said to someone, okay, you know, close your eyes, we're going to take you through a mobile home park at Caloundra, what yes. do you think you're going to see? And then what they actually saw was totally different. Mm. So you know, I think the thing we had to do was convince them it was something different. Yes. But uh, there was you know, a lot of people just weren't aware of it because it was such an immature industry. So different. When you reflect back on the successes that you've had over the years, what, what do you identify as some of those really critical elements of that success? Was it the sausages at the initial barbecue, Bevan? Is that, is that the part <laughs> the of The alcohol this? at the initial <laughs> barbecue, probably, uh, which, of, of course, just to digress slightly, as we always say, Paul was a lawyer in Beanley and I was a doctor in Beanley. I wasn't talking to him. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're always suing you, lawyers. Yeah. So we kept our distance for a long time. It wasn't like an instant friendship, I can assure you. And he always, as he says, saw the doctors as the wood ducks. So. <laughs> but um, I think the... The critical elements of it were fundamentally, we, during our very early stages and when we were branding our company and trying to, we, we had a focus on what we called homeowner delight. Yes. Uh, okay. And all things led to improving people's lives yeah. and homeowner's delight. Yeah. So if, if it's amazing if you focus on that simple outcome and what we call the software, yeah. how the hardware falls in secondary behind that. And if you could demonstrate that to regulatory bodies, to governments, to councils, and also to the people who are possible homeowners yes. and future homeowners, then it, it got really simple after that, yeah. I believe. I, I believe you start with that direction, that vision, that purpose. And if you do it right, and with a great team that we had, mm. who were much smarter than us at building stuff, yeah. the elements fall into place. Yeah. And I imagine, given the nature of the communities and, and the model, that you would have received unlimited amounts of feedback in terms of the product and the design and the execution, how things operate and how things are managed. How did you sort through that in terms of that's a really useful piece of feedback that we need to take on for the next project and things that perhaps were outside your control or, or perhaps byproducts of some of the decisions that you really believe need to be made at the time? Well, I think the challenge really was ensuring that all of the people in the organisation and consultants listened and there's no such thing as a bad idea yeah. as part of a Halcyon philosophy. Yeah. So people would be encouraged to present the ideas to the group. It's always a difficult thing when you go 100 mile an hour trying to, to mm. deliver a product and then all of a sudden along the way there's changes that yes. are being requested. So you had to make sure your team understood that this was all about the end user, about the customer. Mm. Um, and it, it was always difficult, but I think it became a, it was a cornerstone of the organisation really. Mm. And 99% uh, of the great ideas we had came from our customers. Yes. So if you don't listen to your customer, you've got no chance. Um, I think also because of the model, and I, you know, I sometimes reflect the nucleus of the secret of what we did was that we had side agreements in perpetuity with our homeowners. Yes. So you had a contract in perpetuity. It wasn't a transactional-based business. Yeah. It was a long-term relationship-type yeah. business. And also the development side of it, you had to build for the 30 to 50-year yes. and recycling mentality. Yes. And that if you didn't build, sell, flick, mm. 
mm. uh, you kept it. Yep. So everything we did had that that longevity mm. uh, belief, not only from a hardware point of view with yep. everything you built, the roads, the, the grass you put in, how easy it was to mow or yes. not mow, to also how you manage the customer and the homeowner mm. who you would be with for perhaps 15 to 20, in some cases, 20 years. Yes. That changes the way you do business. Changes in fact, we used to say to people, well, we're not going to shaft you because mm-hmm. we're going to walk the streets with you for yes. the next 20 years. Yes. We're not, see you later. Mm. We're here. Yeah. So and that's the way it was. Uh, I think Bevan mentions a good phrase there, walk the streets, which was a term we used to use. Uh, when we owned the business, there wasn't a Halcyon employee that didn't work at a Halcyon project. Right. So there was no such thing as head office, if you like. Yes. Um, and the only office administratively we had was within a project mm. on Hope Island. You know, the term was always walk the streets. Yes. The project directors, community managers, bill, everyone, finance teams. And when we'd have our open days, the finance yes. team, uh, if you'll call it the back of house, if you like, which mightn't be the best term, but they were always encouraged to come to mm. open days, get to meet the customer. So everyone in the business could see the end result. Yeah. So they could actually connect the dots to why they do what they do. Yeah. So when they're pushing out things at seven o'clock at night, um, they realise, you know, this is why we're doing it. Yes. Uh, That was all part of walking the streets. So you go to a project, you don't get out of the car and race into the office, you walk through the project and talk to a few people and just look at what's going on. And that wasn't just Bevan and I, that was everyone in the business. incredibly encouraged to do that. Under your leadership, and I had the pleasure and privilege of seeing this through Enviro Development and some of the sustainability initiatives that you would implement, Halcyon had an insatiable desire for excellence and I could see a tangible link between one project and then the next project that Halcyon would produce would be that next step up in terms of sustainability principles. How did you meaningfully execute that on each project though? I'll leave that to Greenboy here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we weren't the biggest company in the world and we always thought that's not what we sought but we wanted to be the best. Yes. And every project was to bring some added IP to the business, which then the next project was like a new child being born. Yes. And it had to climb on the shoulders of all the previous ones. Yes. And we felt like we wanted to try and modestly lead the industry Mm -hmm. rather than be the biggest in the industry. Mm -hmm. That mattered to us and uh, we like winning. Yeah. Um, And I inverted commas around the word winning. Yes. Uh, It's not about trophies, but to do something that the customer didn't think that you had produced the best on, for their sake, yes, seems difficult. Just seems difficult. Mm. Seems seems crazy that you wouldn't do that. And we were lucky enough. Again, we failed a lot of things. We blew a, a lot of things. <laughs> blew up a bit of money. Uh, we had partners, yeah, who sort of had a go. Their stage of life was well. We trust you. Have a go. You know. Yes. And if we did something silly, the old uh, the Halcyon thing was you know sell your mistake. So yeah. if you make a mistake come up with some gold dust out of that and, yes. and find a solution and move on. And we discovered a lot of accidental great things yeah, out of making mistakes and bad decisions. Yeah, I think one of the sustainability lessons we learned very early was not long after the GFC, our project Halcyon Landing at Blah Blah, which mm. actually won a President's Award. Yes. That was the first project in the country, whether it be retirement or otherwise, that every home had solar panels. Yes. And we sort of learned before that that if you were trying to encourage people to have solar panels as an option, they mm. felt a bit of a price barrier. Mm. But if you wrapped it into the price of the house yeah. and showed them the benefits from a living expense point of view, 
it was loved. Yeah. Uh, and that enabled us to lead that industry. And, mm. and it was part of the customer-led it. It wasn't government-led. <laughs> it was no. customer-led. Yeah. Because they all of a sudden saw the benefits within that community and then sold it to everyone else in the other Helsing communities. And that's it's just part of, I guess, uh, sometimes you actually a bit ahead of knowing what yeah. the customer wants and, yeah. and understanding that because I mean, we always used to talk about affordability and affordability is not so much what you pay for the home, yeah. but it's the cost of living. Now, all those things are playing out now. Yes. Unfortunately, most are behind the curve. Mm. It's, it's looking at things like that ahead of time, yeah. you know, shared cars now and things like yes. that. Yes. Now, tough question, and you spoke briefly before Bevan about children and and this I am going to ask you to pick your favorite child is there a project <laughs> for each of you that really sort of stood out as gee that was special because we had to overcome some real challenges or that was really special because when I look back on the outcomes that we've achieved there it's it is what we we set out to achieve so you get to go first I get to ask this question too as an only child so I'm always going to be the favourite. <laughs> this is an impossible question Excellent. to answer, right? Good, good. But I'm going to I'm going to have an equal two, which means Bevan can do two if he wants, right. because I'm soft. And there you go, there you we, go, Bevan. What a luxury. We, Lawyers just can't make a decision. No, that's right. Uh, I'll tolerate trying. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but generally, we get a bit more right than the doctors. Oh. <laughs> so uh, we uh, did a project at Caboolture called Halcyon Glades. Yes. We bought that parcel of land uh, from a receiver in the GFC. And it was our first project in a, I'll say, a more affordable area. You know, I don't like the words lower socioeconomic, et cetera, et cetera. And that project challenged us because we wanted to apply all of the Halcyon principles that are very Mm. important to us from a livable housing, silver livable housing, et cetera. We built a clubhouse there, which to me still stands as one of the most beautiful clubhouses ever built and gave us a lot of pride mm. knowing we'd done that yes. at Caboolture. Yeah. You know, uh, we used to talk about, I made a mistake of saying this to one of the councillors, I think we built the most beautiful building in Caboolture. And he said, well, hang on, have a look at our council <laughs> chambers. I went, oh, Comment okay, still I'll, stands. I'll, I won't debate yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's one. And then equally, our project which was just started when we sold and that's Halcyon Rise at, at Logan because Bev yes. and I both had very strong roots in Beanley. Okay. And for us that was like going home a little bit. Yes. And again when we planned that project and we had a look recently and under Stockland's charter it, it's being progressed beautifully mm. uh, and it's a wonderful project in Logan Reserve, you know, yeah. beautiful facilities, lovely homes. Yeah. Um, so that enabled us to show that Halcyon was not about, you know, people used to say, oh, Halcyon's just top end. Well, it, it never was. No. Halcyon was always to cover all ends of the segment and, yeah. and the greatest communities are those that provide to all layers of the market yes. and every Halcyon community does that. Yeah. And so they were two of my favourites. Yeah, right. Great. Bevan. He can't yeah. choose those either. He's okay. a bit more time. Can't, can't yeah. choose those, no. He's uh, a doctor, well, he's slower, well, he needs uh, the, more time. Um, <laughs> the, uh, my children always ask me, you know, who's your favourite child? And whichever child asks me, I always say, well, it's you, obviously. It's you, so, yeah. <laughs> so if every, if every community asks, I'd say it's you. It's definitely course. you. <laughs> um, I think ones that changed our business or changed the model a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Halcyon Parks, the first one, yeah. was a game changer. Halcyon Waters which was our next project, 
I, I think, could almost be built today as a... Which one's that? Is that Hope Island? Hope Island. Yes. It, it was hugely different yes. to anything else in the market. So that was our probably our brave leap. So yeah. I, like, I always thought Helsing were brave. Yes. And our people were brave and our shareholders were brave. And so that was, uh, that was good. And then I think Greens, uh, yes. at the end of the day, we got the inspiration from America and came back and yes. we just said, we just got to go big. And we just went big. And did something special there, I think. And uh, I like pickleball. It's got eight pickleball courts, so well, it's always I, my favourite because it's got the pickleball courts. You know? right. And and you are the gents that introduced me to pickleball, which is is still part of, or well, was part of my retirement strategy. I've asked too many questions about pickleball, and it's now my social media feed at sort of very <laughs> frequent intervals. So I'm thinking of picking it up a little bit sooner than I would have. Give so it a go. yes, much smaller court suits me. I think. Can I just digress? Slightly, which is a lovely story and it links back into something that we were talking about before with shareholders and our partners. We went to Glades one day and uh, we'd finished the clubhouse up there and uh, we were all having a, a walk through it and um, Archie Douglas, one yes. of our partners, he grabbed my arm as we walked through and he said, it was over budget, wasn't it? I said, <laughs> Archie, it was double the budget and he said, I don't care. Oh, how fantastic. Yeah. So to have partners like that, yeah. that explains why Halcyon was brave, I think. Yes. You know, you've got to have that support. You've yes. got to have partners and shareholders that go, have a go. Yeah. And we don't actually care about the return per se. Yes. Do something wonderful for the long term. Yeah. And they were happy. Yeah. You know, they got as much pride and pleasure out of what we did as, as anyone. Yeah. That's so fantastic. that was nice. How many games of pickleball have you played in your life, Evan? In where, how, many, how many games of pickleball have you played in your life? Oh, I play every week. Good so, on you. Uh, I'm Paul? not sure. Hundreds? Uh, look, uh, it's always important that I let Bevan win at one thing. Right. So I, I've decided to give him pickleball. <laughs> pickleball. Yeah, and I'll, all the other sports I'll keep for myself, you know. <laughs> now, speaking of competitive tension, it's a long-standing business relationship. You started the business together, navigated choppy economic times, I'm sure countless project challenges. Surely it wasn't always smooth sailing. What were some of the critical factors in terms of making sure that relationship stood the test of time? Oh, look, I think um, probably different for each of us. We have different skill sets, which yes. is it's good. I think patience and respect and trust yep. is crucial. In the GFC, we went to war together. Yes. So that we actually went to war. I still remember the guy from the BOQ ringing me and... Uh, Basically uh, saying, look, um, all properties dot, 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 you know, really dot, 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 dot. You guys are lucky you just dot, 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 dot. You can fill in the dots. Mm. And there we thought then there's risks of banks going broke and all sorts of things. So, and that wasn't long after we'd started Halcyon, you know, Halcyon Waters was yes. there and we'd made some very brave calls. Yes. Fortunately, the five of us had made them. And, you know, we made a decision at Waters that every other developer was dropping prices. We put them up to yeah. maintain our brand and, yeah. and respect for the homeowners that had already bought. Yes. So all of those things and going through all those things together, yeah. then your partnerships, you know, once you go to war together. Yeah. So we were lucky in a way that we had the different skill mm. sets. We were tight. We had we shared the vision. We wanted to do everything. I think that's a, a bit of the lawyer doctor. You know, you yes. always want to do things a bit better and a bit different. Yes. And, and we we wanted to maintain that interest and that excitement by continually changing. And we yes. both liked that. We both drove each other crazy plenty of times. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, you know, I was very fortunate to have had Bevan. Business would be 
very different without him. And mm. um, I think the best thing in life is a great partnership. Yes. And some would say the worst thing in life is a partnership. But mm. for me, the great thing in life is a great partnership because you've got someone to share the ups and downs with. Yes. And we were lucky we had each other, but we also had the other boys, mm. Archie Gordon and John. Yeah. Bevan, what's the uh, secret? Pina coladas at 11 nah, o'clock every well, morning? No? Yeah, I think Paul pretty much hit it on the head. For It's a rare occasion, so I'm glad it's been captured. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we, we, we sort of moulded it a little bit differently but similar. Yeah. So I think we're sort of both South East Queensland, sort of Brisbane boys effectively, you know, yeah. and... Um, we, it was our backyard mm. was another thing. You know, we played in our backyard. Yeah. So, um, and we had a, a very, again, I go back to, if you know what that vision is, if you know where you're headed, it really does bind you. Yes. And adversity just brings you closer. Yeah. And then the opportunity to do some great things and uh, it was good. And at the end of the day, we probably didn't have too much overlap. But yeah. And we had a big team. We had yes. a great team. and. Got about 140 people at the end, and so us two interacting wasn't so much. So mm. certainly during the tough times, yeah, it was good that we could get on so well. Mm-hmm. And Paul, you mentioned GFC. Is that the most significant challenge you you think you both had to face and overcome? I think um, our debt to the Bank of Queensland was probably the second highest on their register. It was, in hindsight, not significant, but for us, it was enormous. Of course. And I think. Uh, so you'd probably have to say that from a, a fear point of view, yes. yes. Um, but the amazing thing about hard work is the harder you work, the less you worry about the fear. Yes. So, you know, that was probably the hardest we worked. Yeah. But at the same time, out of the GFC came some opportunities for us, which we were pleased to grab and, yeah. and, and move forward on. So I, probably I, th- I think so much of it was such great joy for me. Yes. And there was never a day that I didn't want to go to work. Yeah. So I probably on reflection, that was probably the toughest time. Yes. And so, and quite early in the business too, I imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'd, we, Halcyon Parks was just yeah. about finished and we were under halfway through Halcyon Waters. Yeah. Um, we were in the river. We were in the river, yeah, yeah. yeah. We couldn't, uh, we'd cross, so we were paddling hard yes. to the other side. So. And I think one minute to midnight. We, we, our famous moment was we sat there and we are just going through stage one. It was, it was just playing the start of stage two. We had 100 homes in stage one and 127 in stage two. And we looked down this street and there was 45 sites and we said, why don't we just build them all and let's make them all different. Yeah. Every home was individual, yeah. 45 of them for us. You know, went, let's go. We pushed yeah. the button, GFC. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. That was smart. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other time that was uh, tough and challenging and probably more, maybe a little bit more on my side of the business was COVID. Of course. Uh, okay. From yes. a community point of view. Yes. For seniors. Yes. Uh, that was, t- and the world of politics and government legislation yeah. was vague and it was, it was frustrating. Cha- constantly and, changing, and, wasn't and it? And so we had every homeowner and we had to, you know, again, we've got the, the long-term approach, so we're sort of responsible for everything inside those gates. So yes. that was difficult. Mm. That was difficult imagine, from a human side. I imagine too. I mean, For our staff. Exactly. Area. And so much of the model and the communities you built were about the sense of community, which, oh. you know, by definition involves people interacting. And, mm. uh, you know, that stage mm. what we were going through where, you know, what happens to the community facilities? Can they be accessed? Do they need to be mm-hmm. closed? I mean, I imagine for a, a community, the type of a, a housing community, it was really challenging. Yeah. yeah and, and not and to mention the fear, uncertainty, yeah. health concerns. Oh, it's very stressful for our homeowners. Yes. Um, 
it was very stressful for them, yeah. and and that then created challenges for our um, you know coalface staff, of course, who had a sense of ownership of everything they did and yeah. well-being of homeowners was yeah. critical. So that was challenging. Yeah, bad. One of the positives in the COVID, just to spin it just for a moment, is that I remember that street at Halcyon Waters, which ended up going to every community where they went and sat on the footpath. And they were able to play games with a dozen other people in the street. Yes, right. And still following the social distancing. Yes. So it sort of showed up the advantages of... Yes. As it opened up a bit, we sent the Mr Whibby van down yeah. the street. Did you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to break it a little bit. Yeah, yeah I remember the, the, music, the music <laughs> yes. coming, you know. What's yeah. that? You know, along yeah. comes Mr Whibby. Yeah. That was cool. High excitement. That was cool. So what's next? And I don't mean this afternoon, Paul. Oh, what's next? Uh, <laughs> probably uh, spending a bit more time with friends and family that didn't spend so much time with over 20 years. Yeah. Um, I've actually have had a few people ringing me now saying, oh, now you've got time to catch up. So mm. you know, that's probably a bit different <laughs> to uh, before. Now I'm grisly and grumpy all the time. Don't, <laughs> don't ring me. So I think uh, you know, just take it easier for a little while. I think yeah. the world's a bit of an uncertain place at the moment mm. and... Uh, sure we'll do something. You know, probably looking for a smarter, better looking doctor to partner with next time. It won't be hard, of course. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I keep getting the, I get the, you know, as, as you're saying about family now, I says, Dad, you've got nothing to do. You can yeah, can, can you right. pick up this table oh, for yeah. me from yeah. Amart? Yeah. 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 We're just runners for yeah. everyone. Some now, unintended yeah. consequences have <laughs> yeah. arisen. Right. Yeah. More, I, I describe it as, as sort of that, that protective coach you have was work. You know, yes. oh, I've got to go to work, got to yes. go to the office, got to go to the office. Well, yeah. when that when you lose that coat, you're very exposed. This is a warning to all you younger people. Yeah, that's, that's, right. Right. that's right. Well, yeah. we're, we're all, UDIA is always happy to be your alibi. That's right. I've got to go to the UDIA. Those people, yeah, you know, really yeah, got to yeah. get it's in unexpected. some direction. <laughs> exactly. It's unexpected. You could get the call at any time. Yeah. I think we'll look for something to do. I, the problem is we sort of, uh, we enjoyed Halcyon so much and mm. we enjoyed the purpose of Halcyon yes. so much that doing something that was just for the sake of doing it yeah. probably wouldn't want us to make that, you've got to lose something to do that. Mm. So that's probably the... The challenge for us, I would say, going forward is what would we want to do that would make a difference? Yes. A real difference? Or yes. how could we crack the coconut on something that hasn't been done before? Yeah. So I think that's uh, yeah. that's the thing that's going to get us jumping out of bed again. So, And then we've been told by our older partners that that'll just come. Yes. Be patient. Don't push it. Yeah. It'll just come. And, of course, particularly the development game, it's not getting any easier either. No. No, no. It's yeah. uh, the sort of coal face of the development game, I feel, for the people doing it. It's mm. just uh, at a time when development should be uh, mm. encouraged, rewarded, helped, supported, it's getting the exact opposite. And uh, I know this podcast's not about that issue, but, you know, affordable housing, mm. uh, we, Halcyon, the EDA, have been yelling from the rooftops for 10 yeah. to 15 years about supply and affordable housing. As I said to a politician recently, it's the greatest policy fail mm. of all governments across Australia. Forget the the colour. Yes. And it's not being solved by these Band-Aid measures. So mm. The greatest gift we can give the next generation is affordable housing because yeah. Australians love to own their own homes and yeah. we're failing them. We're failing the next generation. So that's a sad reflection in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul and Bevan, it's been wonderful to watch Halcyon do its thing over the, the past couple of decades and it's certainly been an exciting thing to watch. So yeah, we are looking forward to seeing 
where to next for both of you. But thank you for your time today and also you've both been such generous contributors to UIA Queensland over many years. So thank you all for that. And, Paul, you're not off the hook yet. You know that. <laughs> I know that, Joe. Well, I'm hoping I might get voted off at the AGM next week. <laughs> no uh, chance. Can I vote? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway, Kirsty, thanks for giving me yeah. the thumbs up as the better person in this interview yes. and this podcast. I appreciate thanks, that. Kirstie. I was expecting that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> to give it. Thank, thank you, Jens. Thanks for your lovely. time. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Remember to rate and review this show on your favourite podcast app. While you're there, please make sure you click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Mm-hmm.